What are the strategies for being productive? How do we implement it? How do we practice it? And how do we know if we're actually doing it? In my last episode, I talked about productivity. I talked about time management and why it was a bad way to be productive. I talked about how energy management is actually the better approach and how you could start utilizing energy management as your core focus when it comes to productivity. And in this episode, I want to talk about three very simple strategies that you can use to be more productive, ones that prioritize how you manage your energy much more than how you manage your time. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Let me ask you a question. Why do you want to be productive? Seriously, why does it matter? Are you chasing some fictional idea of what your day should look like? Did you get inspired by somebody on Instagram or TikTok by how productive they were or what their routine looks like and think to yourself, I really should be more like that? Or are you just pursuing it because it feels like something you should be doing? Ultimately, your reason doesn't matter. But I want to start this episode with a caution. Your reason for wanting to be more productive ultimately isn't that important. However, certain reasons are far better than others. If you are pursuing more productivity because you feel you should, because others around you or people you've seen online seem so productive, or just because you feel bad about how little you think you've gotten done in a day, I want you to ignore everything else that I'm going to say in this podcast. And I say that because... If you are coming to the question of productivity from a place of obligation or feeling bad, then you're only setting yourself up to make yourself feel even worse and probably failure when it comes to the goal of being more productive. And here's what I mean. We are human beings. We are always going to struggle with the ability to stay focused. We're always going to struggle with the ability to get things done and to manage our energy. We're always going to struggle. We are humans and we are going to fail. When I say that failure is a requirement, I'm not saying that to be cute. I'm saying it because we are flawed. We cannot expect ourselves to execute perfectly. When you come to the question of how do I be more productive from the place of I have not been productive enough, I have been failing at being productive, or even from a place of envy towards other people and what we think their productivity looks like, we're ultimately coming to productivity from an unsustainable place. We're expecting ourselves to hit some imaginary and unsustainable model of what we should get done on a day-to-day basis. And ultimately, that's going to cause us to consistently look for more strategies, more tips, more advice, because nothing we try will work. The three strategies I'm about to share all work phenomenally well. They've worked for me and they've worked for millions of others out there. 
if you find yourself trying them and they aren't working, then I suggest one of two things. Either you are in a situation where nothing will work and you need to actually address the underlying problem, the issue of what you expect yourself to be able to do compared to what the reality of what you're capable of actually is. That's the first recommendation. And the second would be to take a hard look at what productivity means for you and why it ultimately matters. But with that said, let's get into the three strategies. And the first is one that you're going to be familiar with if you've been listening to this show for some period of time. But I think it's still important to be able to share it for those of you who aren't familiar or for those of you who haven't tried it yet. The first strategy is called the Pomodoro Technique. So the Pomodoro Technique is simple. You set a timer for 25 minutes, you work for those 25 minutes, and then you take a five-minute break. After your five-minute break, you do another 25-minute session, and then you take another five-minute break. You go through this cycle four to five times, and then you take a longer break. And the purpose here is simple. You need to structure your time in such a way that allows you to maximize focus in short bursts and maximize recovery afterwards. It's like allowing yourself to dial in very, very deeply for a short period of time and putting that limitation on how short that period of time is in order to make sure you actually stay focused. By having that 25-minute cap, you allow yourself the space you need to stick with it because you know that there is an end. You allow yourself to summon the energy resources that you need to be focused because you know that at the end of those 25 minutes, you're going to be able to rest. And then you honor that rest. You stop working regardless of where you are in the process and you give yourself those five minutes. Honoring that rest and fulfilling that promise to yourself is the only way to make sure that you keep showing up. And by showing up, I don't mean just sitting with the timer running. I mean actually recruiting the resources required to show up focused. By honoring that rest, you give yourself permission to be focused during those 25 minutes. And then when you honor the longer rest, you give yourself the time to recover so that you can tackle it again. Now, I find Pomodoros to be a phenomenal way to get things done, especially when I'm really, really struggling. When I'm not sure how to get myself going, I always turn to a Pomodoro. The short timeline makes it easy to jump into, and it's a phenomenal marker of how much you've actually done. You get to look back at your day and say, I completed six, seven, eight Pomodoros today. So if you haven't yet tried the Pomodoro, here's what I recommend. There's a link in the description of this episode that'll take you to a Pomodoro clock. Choose one activity, especially if it's something that you've been struggling to get yourself going with, and set a timer for 25 minutes and just focus. Get through at least two of those rounds, 25 minutes followed by a five-minute break. You'll notice yourself really locking in, especially if you do what I do and leave the timer up on the screen so that you can see it in your periphery. That ticking timer does so much to get you focused, and it's absolutely worth giving a shot. The second strategy I want to talk about is called 
time blocking. And this one is incredibly efficient, but sometimes can be a little bit anxiety inducing. I don't personally practice time blocking because I find it to be extremely stressful. However, I know many people that do and they get enormous amounts of work done during their blocks. And here's how it works. You get out a calendar. This could of course be your digital calendar. That's where most of us work nowadays. And you decide from what period of time to what other period of time you're going to do certain types of tasks. The goal here isn't to mark off you're doing this task followed by this task. It's not a to-do list. It's about task grouping, pairing certain tasks together that use the same type of energy and focus so that you can go through those particular groupings in the most efficient way possible. And this idea is supported by the research they've done on the assembly line. They found that people are far more productive when they just need to repeat the same type of task over and over and over again before moving on to the next type of task. And they've actually found that if you tackle a particular task in that way, if you have to assemble five different things and you do the first part five times, followed by the second part five times, followed by the third part five times, rather than going through and assembling each thing one by one, you allow yourself to be more efficient. And this happens because you spend less time context switching and you spend less time wondering what it is you need to do next. So setting up your time blocks is a phenomenal way to keep yourself working on the same tasks or similar tasks so that your energy gets used effectively. And the way that you can do this, again, is to pull out your calendar and choose what times will be focused on what types of tasks. The first step, of course, is going to be identifying what tasks need to be done. Then the second step, in my opinion, would be grouping those tasks together based on the type of energy and focus that they need. And then finally, going through your calendar and slotting in the hours that each group will be focused on. If you do this and you actually follow it, that's the hard part, actually sticking with that calendar the next day or whatever period of time you, you decide to follow through on it, you'll find yourself cruising through significantly more than you could otherwise. Now, the reason I find this to be sort of anxiety-inducing is because I often work better when I allow myself to get a little bit distracted. And so when I have done this successfully, it's been when I build in space and time for my mind to wander, for myself to daydream. And this is something I learned from a book called Two Awesome Hours that I read a few years ago. The idea is how can you pile the most productivity into two hours? And what he found, and he's a professor at NYU, is that when you build in space for daydreaming, when you allow yourself to be intentional about your daydreaming, you always come back to the focus. And so rather than fighting it, allowing yourself to do it might actually be a better way to maximize time and energy. And personally, when I do practice time blocking, I like to build that into it. But you don't have to. If your brain doesn't work that way, then just focus on what the calendar says. And then the last thing we're going to talk about today is something that I've been trying to practice more and more lately. It's visualization. Now, of course, I don't mean sitting down with a vision board or anything like that. What I'm referring to is the process of sitting and thinking through what needs to be done, walking through each of the steps once 
in your mind's eye before you get started. Now, this is something I learned from Andrew Huberman of the Huberman Labs podcast. He's a behavioral scientist at Stanford. And in that podcast episode, he shared that the research has actually found that when you walk through the process of doing something in your mind's eye, you activate some of the same neural circuits that are responsible for the actual follow through of that activity. And what this means is that you create a small, weak connection between those set of neurons that will be responsible for the activity. And here's the thing, how easily something comes to us is based at least in part on how connected the neurons are that are responsible for those behaviors. So when you start something new, something you've never done before, and you walk through it mentally before taking action, you create a loose connection. Those neurons are at least slightly better at firing together than they were before. And so then when you actually practice the thing, you're starting with a slight advantage. Now, I'm not a neuroscientist. I can't tell you how big of an advantage it's going to give you. What I can say is that in practicing this myself, and it could be a placebo, I've found myself more capable of focusing on the task at hand and less likely to be distracted when I go through this process. So I just wanted to share that with you as an additional strategy you can try. Uh, And I would recommend trying all three of these strategies. They've all worked wonders for me as well as other listeners. And I know that one of them will help you as well. But like I said at the start, if you find yourself still not hitting your targets when you're utilizing these strategies, you may need to stop for a moment and question what productivity means for you and whether or not you are expecting yourself to do something that you are just not capable of doing because we are squishy human beings that are always going to fail. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I've been Greg Clunas. I've linked to all of the resources that I used for this episode in the description of this episode. So be sure to check that out. If you're on YouTube, I would love to connect with you. Here's a question. What is the best strategy you've used to improve your productivity? Leave your answers down in the comments below. If you're listening to this in audio, find the YouTube. The link is in the description and leave your answers in the comments. I'm going to be reading comments in a future episode. So if you want to be featured on the show, leave your answers in the comments down below. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember, mistakes are not final. Failure is a requirement. And all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. 